Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Charter Games Cast. No, it is not me. Pay attention to the man on the screen. That is merely a puppet that I'm controlling. <laughs> Joining me is my loyal and faithful servant, is Bob. Say hi, Bob. Hello, master. There you go, look at He's my number one guy. Yes, and joining me is Tyler. Tyler's our uh, public relations person. Yes. <laughs> Hi-ho. I am one of the Muppets. Hi-ho. Goody, and of course, I'm your... Green. Of course, I am your host, Mr. J. We won't use my real name for legal reasons, but you know who I am. All right, enough of that shit. My throat can't take it. Okay. Yeah, uh, why, why did Tyler still get to use his, his regular name? Because every criminal organization needs an upfront white dude to be public relations and Tyler's that man. You look at that face, uh-huh. and you're not going to think criminal organization? Come on. See, put it in your head, man. I am pretty white. It's a poor, <laughs> I'm doing a poor man's version of Mark Hamill doing a poor man's version of... Of uh, what's his name? Troy Baker? Yes, that's what I'm doing. Hee hee hee. water that. Anyways, we are not covering the Batman in theaters now. Sponsored, not sponsored by HBO or Warner Brothers. We are here to talk about video games. No, there's not a Batman video game, but I will be talking about Batman video game later. Uh, weekly video game podcast dedicated to games we've been playing, news we've been reading. A mess. Um, uh, could have. Uh, <laughs> hey Ben, did you fucking play the new game Triangle Strategy that you just paid sixty dollars for? No, you played Starlink and Batman Arkham Knight for once again instead of paying that game you just paid sixty dollars for. Wow, Justin, uh, you get your PC back. Yeah. So I am sorry to everyone that missed my uh, forty-five minutes of talking about nothing last week. Um, I promised to make up for it tonight with an hour and a half of talking about nothing before anyone else gets to speak. So look forward to that. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Tyler's on a time limit. So we gotta, <laughs> we gotta roll this along. Um, but yeah, I have my PC back. Um, last week was a bit of a mess, uh, over the weekend over. Yeah. Like the, the weekend before, basically after the last show that I was on, um, my wife had been having some issues with her graphics card, so she, you know, tried to fix it herself, like, kudos, um, and updated the graphics card driver or whatever, and her screen just went black. Like, it would, it would boot up and, like, go to the, you know, the Windows login, and then instead of a desktop, it was just a black screen with the cursor. And you could, like, pull up, um the task manager and that kind of thing and like get into some limited access that way but like you couldn't actually do anything even booting into safe mode still wouldn't do anything so it's like how do you troubleshoot a computer that you can't get into (laughs) um so i played around with it for a little bit and i was like you know what this like she gets franking computers whenever i upgrade i just kind of like you know put new parts into her build um of my scraps and my friend's scraps. And this one had been since soon after we started dating, I want to say. Like, I mean, it had been, you know, it had been updated over the years. But, um, like, the base of it, I think, was probably seven or eight years old. Um, and I pretty much have a whole new build. Because when I switched over to the Ryzen infrastructure with AMD, um, I had to get everything new. Because none of the other stuff was compatible with Ryzen. 
And so now that I've been upgrading, it's all been Ryzen stuff. So, like, I couldn't give her my things because she was on an Intel-based system. So I realized that I basically had everything I would need to, like, essentially build her a new computer, except for um, a motherboard. And she wanted a new hard drive anyway. So I figured, you know, get a nice new, like, solid-state drive um, and a motherboard for me... Like a, you know, a newer generation uh, that maybe can get more, like, ability out of my newer parts. And then put my old motherboard in her case. Put all my old parts in her case. And get us both up and running. Like, nice and, in a, you know, brand new. And then, whenever I upgrade, I can, you know, start, like, upgrading her computer too. So it kind of, you know, we both get something out of my upgrades. Um... So, I put my original um, AMD uh, CPU in her computer, um, and it didn't fit quite right. Like, I don't know what exactly happened, but, like, I put it in, you know, locked it, and then put the cooler on, and it didn't do anything. Um, So, I took it all apart again, like... When it went to check the CPU, and, like, when I pulled the cooler off, the entire CPU came off with it. And I was like, oh, no, that wasn't locked. <laughs> so I, I checked it real quick, and there were a few bent pins in there, which I read up, and it's like, you can, you know, if you're very careful, you can kind of bend them back into place. Um, but it's extremely fragile, and, you know, make sure you, like, use something that doesn't bend it too far the other direction and that kind of thing. So I was like, for hours... I was basically like doing, you know, tweezer surgery on the CPU um, and was able to get everything bit back in place and like, you know, actually seated and locked this time, but it still didn't work. And I looked at it again and like, I guess one of the little, little prongs had broken off. So I read again and it said like, to an extent you can, um, you can still use a CPU if certain uh, uh, pins are broken, it just depends on, like, what they control. It might, like, have an effect on your RAM or something like that. Some of them are just, like, redundancies. So, like, you know, they're they're there if another pin goes bad or something on the board. Um, but, like, if you lose one, it's not a big deal. And apparently, whichever one broke was extremely important because nothing would happen when I turned it on. Like, all the fans went and everything, but the CPU was dead. So that was really upsetting because, I mean, it's it's a it's a waste of a part. Like it was perfectly good. I hadn't used it in a few years, so maybe it it, it got slightly bent in the closet. Like with all my parts, it's not like I just threw the you know raw CPU in there. It was like in a you know plastic sheath in a box. Like it should have been fine. Um, but yeah, something happened, I guess, and it didn't sit properly, and then I accidentally broke it further. So. She was stressed out because she's been job searching um, and, you know, needs a computer for that. So I was like, okay, fine. I will put, like, my, you know, my better CPU, like, my third gen, like, the one I got last year, I think, um, in your computer and get you up and running. Um, Because I had to do a lot more work on hers, like, you know, reinstalling Windows, transferring all the stuff from her old hard drive over to the new hard drive, all that stuff. It was a lot more time consuming. I was like, I'll get you up and running first. 
and then I'll order a new new CPU for me, like the newest generation ones. Because even if you look at old ones, they're still just the same price. Like, there's no point in buying an old CPU over a new one. You don't save any money, and you're getting a worse product. Mm. Um, so again, I got to upgrade. I'm not complaining, but also it was frustrating. Because there's that chip shortage going around right now. Boom, and boom, boom. So I looked on Amazon for, like, you know, the the motherboard and hard drive and stuff we got in one day shipping. It was great. Um, the uh, the CPUs were all, like, price jacked on Amazon and, you know, through third-party sellers and stuff like that. So I looked on Newegg, which is usually my go-to, but I know it takes longer, so I try to do Amazon first. Um, and they actually had some stuff, like, at retail price and even on sale. Uh, so I actually got a really good deal on my CPU. Um, I wasn't sure I'd be able to get, you know, get out under a hundred or under $300 for one. Um, but I did, but I had to wait a few days. So like my computer was just sitting there unused and my wife felt really bad about it, but like I made the decision, like I knew what I was getting into. Um, so I had to miss the podcast and D and D and, um, put it all back together Wednesday night late friggin UPS be UPS and, and delivered my part at eight o'clock at night on Wednesday know how that feels <laughs> so i basically got it all set up like within the hour i mean it didn't take long i had it all ready to go i just had to pop the cpu and the cooler back on it's good to go um it all booted up it was fine i just basically made sure it worked and then went to bed um then thursday i was like okay cool it's all working you know i'll, I'll make sure that like my uh my stream stuff is set up right because like i didn't have to reinstall windows or anything it was all like i was using the same hard drive and all um it just had to kind of sync to a new motherboard, so I I wanted to check drivers and that kind of thing. Um, booted it all up, and nothing was working right. Um, I'm not sure if it had happened, like, when I installed everything, or if it was, like, some kind of flag in the middle of the night from my computer, you know, after it was set up. But my Windows key had deactivated itself for some reason. I've been using the same key since Windows 8. And I've rebuilt my computer a few times since then. <laughs> um, never had an issue. But blame Windows 11, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's been the problem for you for several things. Yeah, Windows 11 sucks. I was this close to like using that as an opportunity to just downgrade myself. But there was no way to just like you know keep my files and go back to Windows 10. Um, I had to do a fresh install, which I'll get to in a second. And I, I mean, I don't have a lot of stuff on my, like, main drive, um, just, you know, in case I have to fresh install, but I didn't want to deal with, like, you know, getting Chrome and all that stuff again, like, it's the principle of that's where all my program files are stored, um, and I didn't need to do it, so I wasn't going to. Um, but yeah, so, I couldn't figure out what was wrong, the troubleshooter kept saying it couldn't reactivate me. Uh, my Microsoft account, like, where the, you know, key is supposed to be linked, showed my computer was was linked to the account, but it wasn't registering and activating. Um, so I called customer support for Microsoft, which was my first mistake. <laughs> um, like, two hours later, still on the phone, they basically came to the conclusion that the only way to fix it is to back up all my files and do a fresh install of Windows 10. I was like, what are you talking... I'm not on Windows 10. Like... Do you not see them on Windows 11? Like, they were downloading the Windows 10 media installer tool and all this, and I'm like, 
you know, trying to stay quiet. Maybe maybe they know something I don't. And then the, when they're like, yeah, we have to reinstall your Windows 10. I'm like, I'm on Windows 11. We can reinstall Windows 11 and keep my files. But I'm not going to downgrade. Like, it, it basically made me feel like even Microsoft doesn't want to deal with Windows 11 right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and that's what they were basically trying to tell me. But I could barely understand the lady. Like, usually I'm fine with accents. But I think it's just it was over the phone, and she was talking really fast. And so most of the time, I didn't know what she was saying. And she was asking me questions and then talking over me while I tried to answer them. So I wasn't actually able to answer. It was just, it was a whole thing. It was really annoying. Um, so she was like, you know, okay, back up your stuff and call me back and we can go through the uh, the install process. And I kind of like, you know, I pulled a, a Ron Swanson, like a, like, I know more than you and just hung up. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and, and I didn't say that, but like, that's how I felt. Um, and decided I was going to do my own research. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, I, I canceled the stream for Thursday and uh, looked into other solutions. Um, admittedly, could not find something that let me reactivate my Windows key. Um, but I still, I refused to, um, I refused to downgrade to Windows 10 with a fresh install. Like, I'm fine with going back to Windows 10. I'd actually prefer it. But not if it means losing all my stuff. <laughs> um, so I searched through my email on the off chance, because she was asking me, like, you know, is this a legitimate product key? Like, where did you get it from? Blah, blah, blah. One of the many questions she wasn't actually letting me answer. And I was like, I don't remember. I've had this key for, like, you know, since Windows 8. Like, for uh, eight or nine years, probably. Like, I, I don't remember where I got it. I'm pretty sure it was the Microsoft Store. But it's a digital key. Like, I don't have, you know, I don't have, like, a like a card with the product code or anything like that. Um, so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to look through my email. And I will say, like, benefit of keeping the same email your entire life. I found a Windows 8 product key from 2012. Nice. And plugged that in on a whim. It activated. No idea if that was my original key that I've been using this whole time, or if it was, like, from, you know, some old laptop or something I don't even have anymore. But it reactivated... This Windows 8 Pro key reactivated my Windows 11, so I'm not complaining. But yeah, it was a whole ordeal, like... And I'm still, honestly, fighting some things. Um, because the, like, the drivers and stuff that were registered in my hard drive... Like, the, the Windows files and all that didn't quite sync right, because everything, like, the audio driver, for example, now is Realtek instead of, like, the AMD high-definition audio or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. So, like, I had to get all new audio drivers and then, like, r tell all of the programs to use that driver instead and all this stuff. So, it's been an ordeal and a week. Um, but, that being said, because I didn't have my computer, it means that I've actually been playing quite a few games. Um the main of which was I'll I check my time. I'm doing okay. Um, the main of which is I played through the rest of and then beat um, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Uh, I, I say beat that. as Took in you like 47 hours. Yeah, I mean some of that was downtime. Actually, I fell asleep one night while I was playing, um, and I didn't realize it. I like had my Switch just like laying on me, like. <laughs> 
with like the battle music playing and everything. I just just passed out. Um, and then sometimes I would like you know forget to sleep it, so I just have it sitting there while I was doing something else. But anyway, it was probably a good. 42, 43 hours, I'd guess. Um, but, you know, I'm a slow burner. Um, but yeah, I, I mean beat as in, like, I, you know, took down the Elite Four and became the yeah. new champion. There's still um, a whole I guess there's... game, but you don't have to really mess with it too much. Yeah, I... My motivation to beat it was after the uh, Pokemon Direct, um, which I'll, I assume talked about last week. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they said you can get a Shaman. And so I'm like, oh, cool, I've never caught a Shaman before. I'll go, I'll go grab that in the game. Well, you never could. And I booted it up. Oh, you couldn't? I mean, back then. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was uh, relegated to a Toys R Us event, and they yeah. were exceedingly rare. Gotcha. Well, that's neat. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'll just go in and, you know, grab this while the event's happening, and then I can, you know, play more later. But I got the, like, I got the mystery gift item. And then it said that Shaman's located on, like, Route 47 or something like that. So I looked where that is, and it's, like, branched off from the from the Victory Road route. Which I still actually don't know how to get over there, um, if you guys have any pointers. Uh, I think there is an alternate route that opens up after you beat the Elite Four. It's been a long oh, time. Oh, wait, is that, the, is that the guy this. in the Victory Road cave? I think so, yeah. Okay, I, I forgot about him. Yeah, I gotta go over there then. Um, this is random so asshole just standing here for. <laughs> right. You're not like he's ready just to there pass a, this cave yet. A, oh wait, you got this letter. You can go. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Um, but yeah, so I guess I can go do that. And I don't know if I'll worry about the post game, but like, I want. I just wanted to say the Gen Four Elite Four was hard. Oh yeah, yeah, they are <laughs> legit tough, especially Cynthia, since she has the most rounded team out of any uh, champion in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There... I actually didn't have too much difficulty with her. That uh, that Infernape at the end um, it was pretty rough. Yeah. Or wait, was that her? No, uh, that, was, that was Flint, the third guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had a hard time with that there's, one. There's a reason um, why there's a generation of Pokemon fans who are traumatized by tall, blonde, white women. I mean, I get it. Like not turned on, um, just like she shits, like shit my pants. Like, oh god, you're here. Why are you here? Why are you? Is here? this an aroused boner or a terrified boner? I don't know which one it is. Funny enough, in platinum, like I think, like in original silver and diamond, she was like level sixty something. In platinum, they decided let's make that shit harder. She was seventy five in platinum. Her, yeah. her car chump. That's yeah, that's the thing that I beat. I fought that thing. That shit was tough, dude. Yeah, my highest team mem- team member was like level sixty five. Yeah. it's... It's dumb. Not bad. It's dumb. <laughs> that her Garchomp, Spiritomb, all our Pokemon are dumb good. It's ridiculous. What's funny is like I didn't have any issues with Garchomp because that 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 clutch thing of Gyarados not actually being a Dragon type, but being able to learn Dragon type moves and Quad Ice type moves. To ice, like, let's go. It's basically a Dragon killer. <laughs> it's like I'm not one of you, and I will show you why. Split. <laughs> um. But there was something I had a hard time with. Spiritomb was oh, was tough, but mostly just because I kept like getting it it's close the and wall. then she'd overstore it. It's the wall yeah. team. It's meant to drain you before you get to the rest. Yeah, before Gen right. 6, it didn't have a weakness, so you were pretty much uh, screwed until the fairy types came in. Yeah, because I tried to send out my Gengar uh, that knows Dazzling Beam, Dazzling Gleam, whatever it's called. Because yeah. I tried to have every team member like cover their weaknesses. Um... Just in case that's all I have, I can at least, like, you know, 
try and get a hit out before they hit me. And he got taken out pretty quickly. Um, and I basically just, like, grinded it out with, uh, I think, Bronzong. Um, because he's such a, you know, such a beefcake. Yeah, it's That, like, nothing was really doing that much damage to him. So it was just, like, whittling away Spiritomb's health with something that wasn't even effective. Um, it's what you gotta do sometimes. Sometimes but... you just gotta keep whittling away until someone dies. Exactly. I had quite a few of those, actually. Um, but yeah, it took me two tries, I'll admit. I, I, I died once and then decided to get a bunch more items and, and try it again. I had, like, a, you know, I had saved halfway through, but I was like, what's the point? Like, my team's stronger now than it was when I made this save, yeah. so I might as well just go back in and start over with the knowledge. Right. Um, and more All items. you're losing is money. It's nothing that much. If anything, yeah. you're gaining from losing. Exactly. Um, that's beautiful. Um, and yeah, the other thing I mainly played, um, I picked up the, uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, um, like the multiplayer mode, basically, that was, uh, free with PlayStation Plus this month. And, uh, check that out with a friend of mine that, like, loves the base game. And it played a little bit of multiplayer, just kind of like, you know, teaming up with randos. Um, but he'd been telling us to get it for a long time, and like I just didn't want to drop the money on it. But you know, I'll play the multiplayer if it's free. Like it seemed fun enough, and the multiplayer mode has me hooked. Like I I played a little bit of the base game, and I didn't like the realism of it all. I'm not a huge fan of like feudal setting type stuff. Um, but the multiplayer is basically the same gameplay, which is pretty solid. It's kind of a I wouldn't call it a Souls like. But it's got some of those same elements of, like, you know, being focused on um, dodging the attacks and, and g- going in and getting a few good hits in and then dodging back again. It's, it's basically not like a, a character action game. Yeah, it's not like a hack and slash. It's more, you know, tactical. Um, but where the multiplayer exe- uh, succeeds is it has different classes, which aren't super different, but just kind of encourage you to play a little bit differently. There's, like, the hunter that's mostly, uh, these skills are mostly, like, arrow-focused. So, you know, they're the ranged fighter, even though they still have a sword and things like that. And then there's, like, the, um, the ronin, I think it's called. It's kind of like the healing class. Uh, again, same, you know, same weapons and all, but it has a special ability that can, um, res you from far away, uh, if you go down. So, of course, my friend did that because, you know, I die a lot in games. Um... And he's like, multi- like especially at higher difficulties, multiplayer is impossible without a Ronin on your team. Um, Gotta have a healer, man. So, yeah. So I did the Assassin uh, because I thought with a game like th- that is not in my, my wheelhouse, um, it would be best to do something where I can kind of like play to my strengths. Um, which is admittedly not stealth. But it is one-hit kills. <laughs> and when you're stealthing, you can like, you know, get the drop on enemies and stuff and just assassinate them without having to do the more complicated, you know, parry and dodge type systems. Um, so I could still assist him when needed, but otherwise I could just kind of sneak up and, and stealth kill him. Um, and we had a good team going, I think. We, we got through a good section of campaign missions, which are, they have like uh, two player ones and four player ones. And um, they've been kind of adding them over the course of however long it's been out. Like, there were a few of the four-player ones he didn't even know about. Um, so that was neat. 
but <clears throat> the the mission structures are a lot more like fantastical than the base game. Um, there's kind of like weird like aura like magic type stuff to deal with, um, and like platforming challenges that involve like evoking different uh, elemental skills um, to kind of create platforms in front of you, that kind of thing. And some of the enemies are more, uh, like, you know, they're less realistic. So I really liked that because it was going more into the mythology of it rather than, like, the, you know, realistic elements of it. Um, and every mission kind of had its own gimmick to it. Like, there there was one where you had to uh, kind of, you know, take out different enemies before they can, like, alert the, the guards or whatever to kill the hostages. So you know, more stealth-focused, like my forte. Uh, with my character, I mean. And there was another one where you had to, like, imbue your weapon with a specific element and then take down the enemies that were glowing that same color. Because um, otherwise they're, like, oh, super strong and you can't uh, you can't do anything to them. Um, Ben's over there chuckling to himself, and I'm not sure why. I'm here chuckling to your story. What are you talking about? Why are you bringing paying attention to me? You doing? I don't know. I'm not even saying anything funny. I feel like you're watching your own thing over there. No, fine. no. I don't care. Oh, it's fine. I'm not watching no. YouTube. How about background? What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, the like it, it's really good variety considering you know the gameplay is essentially the same every time. Um, and it felt good. Like it's it's not the Avengers type thing where it's like you just go into an open world and grind out enemies, which. Granted, I like the grind in Avengers. I'm just saying, like, for most people, that didn't hit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right it didn't. Um, this has a lot more variety to it, and I like that. Um, I definitely recommend it. Like I said, it's free. Um, and, hey, if you if you get it, you know, we can we can squat up sometime. Um, Thomas is going to check it out. He had already done, like, the class tutorial. Uh, we just need to actually, like, team up sometime. Um, <laughs> and... So I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And also, me and Thomas, uh, I think, yeah, Wednesday, like right before my CPU showed up, uh, we beat the Tiny Tina DLC for Borderlands 2. Um, we were like at the end already. I didn't realize we were, we had gotten to Dragon Keep and we're like basically at the the final gauntlet. And so we played like an hour and then it was over. Um, but like right as the credits rolled, the, the doorbell rang. So it was, you know, it was still good timing. <laughs> um... Uh, but yeah, aside from that, I haven't played too much. Um, like I said, it's been a lot of, like, couch gaming on the Switch. Couch! Um, so, um, I briefly, like, once my PC got back up, I briefly tried a few things just to make sure it all, like, runs okay. Um, in the last few days. Like, I checked out the, uh, the new Kirby game demo, uh, which is adorable, um, I made a first look video on it, so check that out if you want my full thoughts. I'm not going to ramble about it here, but like I didn't need to be sold on the game, but I am. <laughs> um, and then uh, last night, me and Lo got together to finally play some 30XX. Um, I got the game like when it first you know launched in early access, and played it a little bit. Like it has that new mega mode um that 20xx didn't have because that's more of like just a procedurally generated you know Mega Man style game um but this one added in the mega mode which essentially like prevents you from losing all of your stuff on death 
Um, and while each level is still procedurally generated, it's locked to, like, that run. Um, so every time you play the level, it'll be the same. But, you know, if you if you leave the run and come back, you'll be playing a different version of that level still. Um, but you keep your progress, like, on death. It's It's more of a traditional Mega Man game, just the levels are procedurally generated, you know, when you start your run. Um, and yeah, so me and him played through all of that. We beat all eight robot masters that are currently in the game. And that game is dope. Like, again, I, um, I recorded our, our stuff. Um, I'm trying to get back into content stuff. So that's why it's, you know, seems like a trend. Um, but, uh, I will have more out on that, but for now I will just say, um, especially for being still in early access, like it's one of the best Mega Man games out there that you can play. Like if you're hard up for Mega Man, get 30 XX because the level themes are brilliant. Um, like the, the fact that they can make them so dynamic while also being random is really cool. And essentially like it takes, you know, kind of puzzle chunks or platforming chunks or whatever and puts them together in a random order. Um, so you know that you're going to have, you know, certain sections, a mini boss, certain sections, and then the final boss. But those sections will be randomized each time. Um, so the like there were there was one level theme uh, where like there's these kind of um, like wing symbols, and whenever you pass a wing symbol, it gives you Red Bull gives you wings. Um, it gives you like a double jump for a little bit. Um, and it uses that to be a lot more like vertical in its level design. And then there's also a section there where like, uh, the wind is blowing up against you and you're just kind of like, you know, floating downward, like kind of in a leap of faith style, um, trying to take out enemies, like as they, you know, come up to you on the screen. Um, and then there's like another level theme where, um, you manipulate gravity and now Tyler's laughing at me too. Um, no, it's not you. And and the uh, the gravity like switches at various points. Um, it it kind of reminds me of like if you know if they put Mario Gal or yeah Mario Galaxy in with Mega Man um, and th- turn that into a level gimmick. Um, and like all the bosses play differently. Like one of them's kind of more puzzle focused. It, like it's pretty small and like a big arena, but it has these like three giant fists that, like, go around the stage and uh, create platforms that you can use to, like, get up to the boss and attack him. And then, you know, they uh, deconvene? Sure. Um, And, like, swing around, and he, like, uses them as a shield, and um, Lo kept dying because it would... uh, (laughs) The the fist would move backward and, like, squish him into the wall. Um... But yeah, it's it's a hard game, because if you die, like, you still have to do the entire level over again. There's no checkpoints or anything. You just don't lose all your progress in Mega Mode. Um, and, like, even in multiplayer, I mean, I died a lot, because, you know, that's who I am. Yeah, it is. But even in multiplayer, there was a lot of deaths, because, like, <laughs> um, it, it kind of became a meme at a certain point in our playthrough. But Lo kept getting way stronger than me, because he lived and would get all the, you know, the buffs and stuff. And then, like, revive me, because it's, like, different, like, kind of portals you find that give some of your life to uh, to bring the other person back. But it was always, like, right after a big checkpoint with, like, a, you know, a new ability or whatever. 
So he was getting all these dope abilities, and I wasn't. So I kept dying because I wasn't as strong as him, even though we were going into harder levels. Um, and it got to the point where, like, his his essentially X character was just shooting out, like, this ridiculous amount of, like, different attacks, like, in all directions and, like, explosions all over the screen. And I was essentially the Zero character, so I was just going around, like, trying to slash things that he'd already killed. <laughs> um, not being able to see what was happening on screen because of all of the chaos from his character. Uh... And yeah, the the abilities that each character gets are not terribly balanced. So like everything that um, Ace, the zero character, gets is kind of just like supplementing. Like there's you know it's it's a zero ability. Like there's a there's a fire uppercut and like a um, like a saber throw and little things like that. And then Nina, the the X character, basically would get like these different abilities that you can fuse together for different. Uh, attack combinations like like Kirby 64 copy abilities basically um, and so he was just like creating massive explosions out of nowhere with one press of a button that were like screen clearing attacks and I'm just like I have a sword though <laughs> so what you're saying is they actually made a Mega Man X team where X is better than zero wow that's a first yeah yeah basically I need to do a Nina run because, like, it, she seems so much cooler. And I've never really played as her because, you know, I'm the Zero guy. Um, so even in 20XX, like, I pretty much always did Ace. Um, but 20XX introduced a few new characters as DLC over the t- over the years. So I'm hoping they bring in them and maybe more. And it kind of, like, they can kind of rebalance that way. Um, but yeah, it's a very good game so far. And it's still very much in early access. Glitches and all. So I definitely look forward to seeing where it gets to by the end, uh, because, I mean, 20XX was, like, a totally different game by the time it went to 1.0, and 30XX is, like, a much stronger foundation than that game was, even, you know, at the end of its life. Um, so who knows where it'll end up. But, like, yeah, if, 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 if you've been wanting, like, a Mega Man X9, get 30XX. I promise you won't be disappointed. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, I used, I used twice my normal time because I, you know, missed a week. So deal with it. That's fine. (laughs) Go ahead, Tyler. All right. So, um, I don't know if, uh, you notice on stream, you definitely will probably hear a difference in the audio, but I just finished moving to my new place. Um, I just moved in yesterday as of, uh, the recording of this episode and, uh, yeah, it was a real pain in the butt getting everything all set up. But the payoff is huge. I have a bigger room now. Um, you can see there are still boxes still unpacked in the background here. I actually loaded up a bigger TV, which is standing right there. And, uh, yeah, the setup is pretty solid so far. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the whole layout of everything because I'm not completely satisfied with how the room is looking at the moment. And also, as of this recording, um, our new internet setup hasn't uh, arrived yet. It was supposed to come in today, but as Justin said earlier, UPS, just be UPS, and um, neglected to deliver today, but instead is coming in tomorrow. So, yeah, 
that kind of blows. So the only reason I'm part of the GameCast today is because I'm using my phone's hotspot as an internet access, which is kind of sucky uh, given this new recent upgrade. I was kind of hoping to get that badass new wire connection that is literally on this wall right here. <laughs> but So these guys won't make fun of me for using wire connections anymore, but that won't happen until at least next week. So look forward I mean, to... I'm like pseudo-wired. Like I'm wired into a, a wireless hub. Oh, okay. But, but it's, yeah. it's a whole mesh system, so it's still it's really good. Yeah, um, I'm actually uh, considering uh, moving stuff around because the audio might sound different than um, what uh, than in my original uh, recording place. Uh, I might uh, get around to soundproofing my room, uh, mostly for recording purposes, and also because uh, little baby niece that is living with us is getting progressively louder, <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure uh, it picked up on the audio earlier, so. Yeah, there's that. There's still some work to be done. Um, as as for the games I've been playing, I haven't been doing too much since I've been so busy with the move. But when I do have free time, I pretty much started a new save file, or a new game plus, rather, for Fire Emblem Three Houses. And I am doing the Church of Saros run since I've done the other three houses so far. And I haven't really done that one yet. And basically how that works is you select Black Eagles, but you don't team up with House Leader Aelgard, who is pretty much Fire Emblem Darth Vader for all intents and purposes. I won't go into it too much, but um, with New Game Plus, all the characters that I had leveled up in previous runs, I can have them uh, in their max forms from the start of the game. Like... I can have uh, Felix's um, sword stat all the way up to S. I could have Dorothea have her magic stat through the roof. Just a whole bunch of nutty shit. And um, I even upped some stats that I didn't even bother uh, upping for the main character. Like I'm making Tyleth, who I name um, the main character Byleth after Mm -hmm. myself because I am clever. I am making him a certified brawler. Because I usually use the sword for him because that's the default weapon that the game gives you. And the big weapon that he uses, the sword creator, is a sword, so why wouldn't she use that? So I just decided to mix it up and just have the main character punch knights to death. And that's been pretty fun so far. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing aside from the occasional King of Fighters 15 matches. Which isn't really that new from the last couple weeks. So, yep, that's it for me. So, what have I been doing? Uh, well, first off, KO15 is going amazing well. I now have 25 wins to 40 losses, I think. Uh, the game nice. is just gelling with me, man. I am nowhere near to understanding its complete mechanics. But everything in terms of how neutral is working, I'm beginning to understand it and how to basically chain commands. And uh, it just was really fun. And I, and I think my instincts came into me when I picked Ralph Luong and then ultimately switched to Robert from Chris. As Robert, uh, I, I'm able to do Shoryukens and Fireballs to play my Street Fighter game. There's nothing better to me. I'll start, I have started every round with Robert with a light Shoryuken. There's something funnier to me that somebody charges in and I do sure you can and they get stuffed and they don't know what to do. 
Um, and then I, they quit. <laughs> no, they don't quit. I haven't had any, luckily, I've not had any rage quits. That's just the master duel talking uh, with with Kayla. <laughs> but like, it's the game is well is really 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 fun. I'm even starting at the point where I can do supers. I've started to remember supers since all the supers are pretty much the same. It's just it's either stop back forward or back. It's a bit in the motion. So once I understood that concept, I got it. Um, I'm really having fun with it. Um, I haven't played as much this week just because I'm feeling. 100% and when I'm sick playing a fighting game that's just worse uh, but damn, damn this game like I'm feeling like how I felt like when I played Street Fighter 5 for the first time like 5 years ago and carrying my cumulative knowledge that I've played over since that game to this game I feel like it's helped me a lot I've be, uh, this one dude like it, it just kept jumping at me over and over again so I just did Clark's uh, uh, Ralph has a, a sure you can move, but he doesn't uppercut you. He literally punches the ground so hard he makes an explosion come up. So this dude kept jumping at me, so I just did that move every single time to try to tell him stop jumping, and he didn't stop jumping, and I won. So it was great. Um, I actually got it got to a point where this I was playing these one dude, and it always came down to our last characters, and we went into a, we went to play each other in a private room match. So uh, if you play somebody in ranked. It's only a first to two, or first to three. First to three, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, and or for, yeah, first best of three, first to two. Um, and if you you can, if like say at the end of the set, you can go invite to room match. He invited me to a private room match, and we played each other for like the next hour and a half of just going back and forth, back and forth. That's how you know you you want to play somebody more and get better is when you when you do that because you only do that to certain people. Um, Cavazine's really, really good. I wish the PC issues get solved, like, with the screen tearing and stuff like that. But besides that, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, um, I also finished the, uh, Octo... Not Octopath. I keep thinking Octopath Strategy, but that's not what the game's called. Triangle Strategy <laughs> demo last Wednesday, before the game came out. And it, it, it really sold me on the game. Um, it's political stuff, it's story stuff, it's battle system. I won't get into it too much because the game's officially out now. But, like, if you still aren't sure about it, play the demo, because it kind of gives you a little taste of everything that's coming up with. And I really am liking it. I just haven't started the main campaign yet. But that demo really left me with a good, with a good place. Um, and, like, the, the, the it, there's, there's not as much, like, go, I'm really glad it's not fight, 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 fight. Like, Fire Emblem can be. It's a lot of fight, build the characters, here's some political drama explore this town talk to people it really wants you to explore its its resources and uh one mechanic that i do like is basically the voting system in this game so um the whole kind of game centers around a, a, a mechanic called sarah noah's conviction sarah noah is the main character of this game and he is now the head of house wolfort which is the house that you command or he commands and so because you're kind of like a a house of like we are all equals in the in the eyes of the Lord, kind of thing. Um, you have uh, your car- your teammates or your your housemates or however we're going to call them, your your stewards will uh, have their own set of justices and presets of what they want to do. So during important decisions, you there will be a vote that will be held, and certain characters will be undecided. Certain characters will be like, "Nah, fucker, we're doing this." Other characters will be like, "Nah, we're doing this." So your first major decision is to either to go to the the Duchy of Air Frost, which is the Frozen Kingdom to the north, uh, the Frozen Kingdom to the north, or you can go to Hyzant, 
which is basically the desert nation that holds all the salt, and they basically can control all the economy in the in the, in, in they can they control the economy in this uh in this part of the world. And your choice so is this, Dune. Uh, kind of, yeah. Oh, wait, uh, no, that's spice. Yeah, well, same, but, same, sa- yeah, same thing. Um, and they're like a very religious state, so like they have a goddess, uh, the goddess of salt. Uh, funny enough. And so, like, I was like, I want to go there, be- and I want to go there because the main, the uh, Sarnoa's wife to be, Frederica, ooh, Frederica, mm, mm, mi amor, uh, she is uh, a Roselle, and her people uh, are basically slaves in Hyzant, and her mother was part of a harem that I guess got sent up to Airfrost. Um, so in Airfrost, she's considered lesser blood. Like, they're straight up, I, I think they're Nazis. Um, because, like, they believe in pure bloods and the line of the lineage. Uh, who knows if it's just a couple of assholes or if it's the whole country, but that's the inclination you get. So, you know, I figured, fuck that. And also, like, she kind of hints that, like, well, I want to see what my people are like, and she has bright pink hair, and it turns out her people are basically slave labor for a injustice that her people committed thousands of years ago against the goddess. So who knows what that actually means. Uh, you never see them, because uh, you, you are kept in the secure city walls, and you're told that <coughs> it almost feels like it's Saudi Arabia, honestly, because like you're told people have tremendous freedom, but do they really though? So, and a researcher actually uh, is trying to flee away uh, from stealing research away from from Hyzant, from the holy state of Hyzant, and you have to stop them. And you kind of get the sense like there's something something shifty going on here. And I kind of like that. There's like more. I want to see how morally ambiguous this game gets versus. Bad nation, bad. Good nation, good. That kind of shit. So, um, that part I'm interested in. In fact, you take a researcher who's like, please take me with you. I want to get out of here. I don't want to be here. They're going to kill me. He doesn't say they want to kill me, but he basically is just like, I don't want to be here. They're trapping me. I feel like I'm being watched 24-7. So, he uses you as a way to get out of there. And he's a cool ice mage, which is cool. So, you get an ice mage out of it. Um, the game isn't too hard so that far. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> the game isn't too hard so far, but I, I keep waiting for the difficulty to shoot up. In which case, I have to start thinking tactically. But uh, there's a uh, one thing you want to keep out in battle is there's a thing called kudos. Um, kudos are doing specific things in the battle that uh, are like can get you more points. Um, I thought it was a chocolate bar. Um, so like for instance, uh, using um, like for an archer, you, if you attack from. Uh, like from long distances or something, or if you attack somebody from a higher altitude, you get kudos. Just basic shit. Just be sure to do those. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't know if it's gonna be for everybody, but it's really, really good. And the demo really. Co- I think the, de- the up to chapter three demo really doesn't capture everything what the game is gonna be about. And I look forward to seeing where it goes next as I play further. Um, but after I beat uh, the demo, I was like, well, fuck, what do I do now? And I was in a real struggle crisis because like, I started playing Majora's Mask. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to commit to this because you don't just pick up and start Majora's Mask. You fucking have to commit to that shit when you're ready. <laughs> like, that's, that's, not, that's a lot to remember. You got yeah. to get on one knee and put a ring on that finger. Yeah, it's not awkward of time where like, oh, I'm just going to go do this. And like, no, you got to commit to that shit. So it's like... I was like, well, there's Starlink Battle for Atlas. So my bitch ass started playing Starlink Battle for Atlas again. If you don't remember what that is, that's the Ubisoft open world space game that they came out uh, like 2018, something like that. Um, it's been a while. Uh, and the the kudos was that on the Switch, it got Star Fox exclusive content. And I figured, okay, if this is a game, this will tie me over. And I've been reminded why I like this game so much. Um, it's just, it's it's a checkbox game. It is a game that you can just play 
okay, go do this, go do that. Very directive, very, but also cool looking. It's not feel bad. It's by the numbers in a very good way. Um, and what really made me want to play it more, and like, the game is very mundane in a lot of parts, but I unlocked a new mechanic in there where you fight against dreadnoughts, like actual dreadnoughts. Uh, the, the enemies will send dreadnoughts at certain points, and, um, it wor- and it works like a tier system. So you have three levels. Uh, you have the extractors, which are basically like galactus suckers. They like suck out energy of the planet. Those give them, and then once you destroy enough of those, those go to a, pr- um, you have to take out a prime. And a prime is basically a big monster mech that sends its energy to the dreadnought. So it's pretty much like take out this, take out this, take out this. So, because if you take out the extractor, that weakens the prime. You take out the prime, that weakens the dreadnought. Do you want to do that? Because the dread, taking out a dreadnought by itself is going to kick your ass hard, especially if you don't have the right mods or the right level. But I was like, well, maybe I'll just play this for a little bit. And then I took on the dreadnought. It was straight out. I felt like I was playing something out of Star Wars because, like, you approach the dreadnought and it'll send its enemy fighters out like fucking Star Wars. And, like, you got fucking – you're, like, zooming in and out trying to take down its turrets across the, across its body. And it's not a super big ship, but it's big enough while meaning dodging enemy fire from the back. It's just really cool is what I'm saying. Um, it just gives that elating feeling of it. Um, I'll probably will put it down again now that Arc, not Octopath, now that Triangle Strategy is fully out and I can fully myself immerse myself in that. <clears throat> but like, I I really like it. Um, it's really hard to play it in handheld mode though because the resolution drops like crazy. <laughs> like it's dumb bad. Um, in in handheld mode and TV mode actually looks really really nice, but. Um, you know, it still makes you wonder how this game's even running as well as it is on the Switch. Uh, and even, like I said, I even started doing some of the Star Fox content um, where they're tracking down a wolf. Uh, he's in the he's in the vicinity area. So there's a lot of stuff to do, um, whether it's mundane shit or actual quest shit. Um, in fact, one thing I was worried about is you can... Uh, the, the Legion, which is the villains of this game, they'll keep sending extractors to plants you already re- helped eradicate. So you're thinking to yourself, well, fuck... I can't keep going back there and keep fighting these things off. You don't have to. You can basically, uh, after you think you go to the third planet, you unlock armories. And armories are basically what you think they are. They arm the planet. And what's really cool is once you start getting enough of these bases, so you have armories, refineries, forges, and there's one more. I can't remember. But as you're flying around a planet, you'll see them like doing shit. So you'll see researchers researching. You'll see... Um, like vigilant, they're called vigilantes the, uh, for the for the uh, the armories like flying around. And if you have enough armories, they'll take out extractors by themselves. And like you'll hear it over your radio, like we took out an extractor, uh, we didn't stand a chance. It, it, it's just like it makes the world feel like it's alive. And I, I think that's that's really really sick. Um, again, uh, besides that, Lo and I played some Street Stories Four to kind of co-op with. Uh, go off adjusted, and we beat the whole thing on hard mode. Uh, low carry. Yeah, you guys rock that. Low, low carried me at the end. I, I blew my load. Uh, a little bit, but ew. Um, uh, but we, to, to our chagrin, was a handsome man. But to, to our chagrin, we didn't. Uh, neither of us dropped below two lives till the final stage. Because uh, that game can be... Yeah, that final boss is legit hard. Well, that, I mean, like, there, there's several trip-up moments where like, you can lose a lot of lives really quickly. Um, and it was, But it was just fun to play through that game again and why I fucking love that, love that game so much and why I'll go back to it. Uh, we played a little bit of Survival too. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, we never, I think before uh, Lowe's son is born, uh, we definitely need to um, go 
back and do another run, maybe like on Extreme or something with uh, my girl, um, uh, his girl Estelle, and my girl um, Blaze. You know, because we did the waifu run. We did. Um, he was he was his boy Adam. That's like his main, and I did Axel. So we were like the Bastion brothers. Um, Get Streets of Rage Four. I've talked about this. Snuff was my game of the year for 2020. You've heard this. Uh, Why it's so good. You're acting like Lowe's never going to be able to do anything again. I mean, like, kid. I mean, when he's a dad, no, he's not. Well, I mean, my I'm, brother-in-law is barely I'm, doing anything. I'm, I'm being realistic. Lowe is going to have no time to do anything because I know that's how it is. Um, especially with his job, I know how it is. I, I like, I like, because like, it's not like he's going to die or anything. But like, you know, that baby takes priority versus hey, the fat Mexican wants to play some video games. Let's go. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Uh, there was something else. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I was, um, obviously I did the whole Joker thing at the beginning, the terrible Joker impersonation. I've had, and you can ask these guys, I've had Batman on my fucking mind all damn month, driving these fools insane with dumb, stupid references, and they probably want to slit my throats at this point. But I decided, uh, after, even though I canceled my stream, I was like, fuck, like, I want to play Batman and so I never, on my new PC that I got almost a year ago now, which I can't even believe it's been that long, um, yeah, right. I decided, well, fuck it, let me download Arkham Knight. And I never did it because um, I remember, like, I figured all the PC problems would have been, like, still there. Like, who knows? Or I don't keep up. I just knew it was a horrible PC version. But I downloaded it, and I was like, fuck, am I really going to play this game for another 30 fucking hours, even though I've beaten it, like, four times already? But it's dumb good. Like now, like I played on Xbox One, and I'm I correct me if I'm wrong. Does does my Arkham Knight run at 60 FPS on on Xbox One X? I don't think it does, right? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea. But like on PC, it does, and I don't. I could be doing that thing where like, oh my god, this is new, and I'm like, no, Ben, you've already experienced this. It's just you don't remember, idiot. Um, so. I, I decided to play, I'm, I booted up, I don't know if I'll commit to it, I say that, and next thing you know, I'm playing it, but I'm playing Arkham Knight again, like, again, again, I think, okay, listen, I'm just gonna say it, Arkham Knight's one of my favorite games of all time, okay, it got a lot of hate wow. when it came out, it got a lot of, a lot of stupid hate in my, okay, a lot of justifiable hate, especially for the PC version, but, yeah. everything else I, in my opinion, I have beaten this game multiple times. I've completed it once. I will never do it again because it's kind of, I, once you see it, what's the point? Um, that I will not argue. But to me, me personally, I'm not going to argue with you. It is the ultimate Batman experience. You get his best, you get almost all of his best villains. You get a story that I think is like super like gravita and big. That just feels big from the moment you start. And the moment Scarecrow invades, um, lots of stuff to do. You get the Batmobile! Like, come on! That's the thing we've been wanting since the first Arkham game. Like, and then, of course, you know, um, I have to play the game with the 89 Batman suit. Because that's the best one. My only nitpick is that Catwoman did not get a Michelle Pfeiffer costume. What the fuck? Why are you going to put the 89 Batman costume and not give Catwoman the, 80, the 92 Batman Forever costume? Like, why? You have her other costumes... Why not? It's weird because she looks weird in her purple costume next to eighty nine my eighty nine Batman costume. Okay, that's that's besides the point. But I don't know if we're ever going to get another Arkham game or if Gotham's Gotham whatever the Gotham game is coming out that's not made by the same Gotham team. Knights. Gotham Knights. If that's going to come out, 
But that doesn't even have Batman in it. Like, no disrespect to the, the to you know the other characters. Those are gonna be from the playoffs. But like, just as being Batman, like this is it's awesome, and I love playing it. It's like I wish I could have played like Spider Man PS4 when No Way Home was coming out because like that's like the perfect Spider Spider Man experience from what I understand from people. And like to me, like to me, City like there's nothing wrong with City. City is I think City is so great, but. There's something about the way Arkham Knight looks, even though, like, I'm playing this. That game is, what, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Six years old and looks phenomenal. Like, it, 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 I, I even had Enhanced Rain, uh, which I think is a G, uh, NVIDIA or something exclusive feature, uh, where I get, like, the rain looks extra nice. And it just, it just, like, oh my god, this is so fucking cool. Um, like, I, I really, I'm gonna say it. I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I think Arkham Knight is is like the best, and it's my favorite. Um, you have just so much going on. It's so much cool stuff, and it's just like, I'm gonna be Batman. I'm gonna be Batman, and it's just so good. And I love playing it. I will play it to the end of time. Instead of playing the sixty dollar game that I just bought, I'm gonna play <laughs> Batman Arkham Knight. Hey man, we've all been again. in our bullshit lately. I don't blame you. Um. Ah, it's just, it's just, uh, I wish some of the costumes were better, like, I don't, I'm not really a fan of the costumes except for 89, but, like, only because, and it's because it's Batman's problem, Moldy, because... the PS4 version exclusively have the Adam West Batman costume? I have no idea. I don't have it on PlayStation. I don't think so. That, that was Arkham, that was Arkham Origins, which is second favorite. Um, that one, that game is, that game is, that game is fun. I love that one too, but for all different reasons. So there you go. That's all I'm playing. I probably, I will not talk about Arkham Knight ever again on this show. Um, because I know people are, ta- are tired of it. Or at least I feel I like people are tired of that. Uh, people are, t- <laughs> but like, I just love it. Okay. If you do, I'm going to cut your mic. I just, I just love Arkham Knight. Like I just, I just love Arkham Knight. Okay. It's, it's like the best Batman. Cause we're not, look, listen, we're not getting another Batman game of, this, of that high caliber. We're not. It's not gonna happen. They're moving on. We're gonna get Wonder Woman, which is gonna which is gonna be badass. Gotham Knights, oh, yeah. which is gonna be badass. Um, you know, like just just I'm just gonna revel in this game. I'll play this game for the end of time. Fuck City. City's done. My new be- my best friend is Arkham Knight. There you go. Let's go to break. We'll be back momentarily with some news, so I can go back so we can end it quick, so I can go back to play more Arkham Knight. <laughs> ah. <laughs> But you're not here to talk. You're you're already talking about Arkham Knight again. Listen, fuck it. Arkham Knight special podcast begins now. Anyways, breaking down why Batman is the best superhero of all time. In this essay, I will discuss why Bruce Wayne being indoctrinated by the fear toxin was the right direction and how we can bring him back to the sequel. Uh, cut that mic, and no one will have to hear this rant. Atari is publishing Combinera, its first original game in years. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, Combinera is a new Atari IP where players take control of different colored balls <laughs> and use them yeah. and their unique abilities to work their way through over 300 environments and puzzles. The balls are moving in unison, but different colors will interact with puzzles in different ways, requiring concentration, puzzles solving to move forward. The game is developed by St. Louis... Base graphite with Atari publishing. Atari Wait. role is yes. I said what I said. Moving on. No, Atari role is I, did, I didn't realize when, Missouri had a game studio. That's neat. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a game studio everywhere. It's just a matter of how big or small they are. Um, yeah. uh, especially like St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> since September, Atari has published a number of recharged versions, which are available free, courtesy of Epic Games. 
of older arcade games such as Brick Breaker, Monster Maker, Asteroids, and others. But Combinera is the first new IP to come out in this initiative, according to Rosen, the first minute to come. Rosen tells Atari's upcoming calendar has publishing recently releasing on average a new game every month for the next 13 months that includes a mixture of classic IP like the recharge games, brand new IP, and new games from existing franchises. For now, Atari is working entirely with external studios, though Rosen suggests that they Monday may one day bring development in-house. He says that in the coming months and years, we can expect to see Atari collaborate with a variety of studios from small independents to large studios with well-established reputations. Uh, one key component to all of Atari's plans, including the brightly colored Comanera, is to reinvigorate the arcadey feel that was synonymous with Atari back in the day. Comanera is a puzzle platform that combines, yeah, there you go, and then we got some screenshots for it as I look at these, you know, very simplistic as... It was also a trailer, a t- but it was pretty brief. Yeah, I'm just looking at the screenshot. It's pretty colors. Yeah. Um, it's neat. So... Yeah, this is. I think it's pretty cool considering. I, I don't know if it was by the same person, but uh, you know, Konami or Atari had that sort of like retro console that came out a couple years ago that was not that great, and now they're now this separate thing is doing original video games. I haven't tried the recharge games. They're on Epic Games uh, for free. I think starting now, they get centipedes. That's up first. Um, I hmm. should try those out. But good on them, you know, considering that, like, Atari's mostly been a name in name only, and it's not a real, technically a real thing, but the fact that they're making new games and, you know, making people a reminder. And I, I used to think the term arcade was bad, but considering how phone games can be, where, like, it's like that quick pick up, put up a coin, or start press start on your phone, I feel like, arca- I feel like that kind of game works now just as well as it ever did. Um, it's just like, and with like the the advent of, or I guess re-advent of all the beat 'em ups and classic, you know, uh, classic like recharged games like this. I feel like there's kind of a like a resurgence of the arcade game, like recently, which is cool. You know, there's different kinds of experiences you can have. It doesn't all have to be the AAA open world right. game. Exactly. I miss these little titles. You can't just play Same. Arkham Knight for every day the rest of your life. Um, apparently you can. I, I could. I really could. <laughs> um, for your knuckles. Finish Horizon Zero Dawn. Start Arkham Knight again. <laughs> Sorry. I will uh, cut your mic again. Um, I, I, I'm, I have no interest in this just because like it, de- it depends on it depends on the cost and everything like that. But I think it looks neat. I think, I think there's nothing wrong with yeah. some of this. Uh... I don't, I don't, I want to use, I'm going to say this phrase politely, but it looks mobily in all the best couple of ways because it looks like this is something I would want to play on my phone, like while I'm waiting for something. And it reminds me of up. the old WiiWare games, which I, I mean, I admittedly loved, like World of Goo and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't seem terribly modern. But also, I'll probably still support it just for the, you know, the local representation. Is it coming to Switch? It didn't say, does it? Uh, yeah. It, oh, okay. Yeah, it says it's coming well, to Steam, Epic, Switch, PS4, 5, One X, NS, Atari, and Android. PCS, yeah. and iOS, So it's mobile, Android. too. That That is a lot of SKUs. That is a lot of SKUs. But, That's mighty number nine amounts right there. But it looks fun. I won't lie. It looks simplistic, but simplicity... So, well, you, simplicity is not a bad thing, is what yeah. we'll say here. Combinera. Um, I don't know how that's pronounced, and we're going to go with that. Uh, 
moving on um, to a fucking weird thing that came out of nowhere. Mission and Rewards are now a part of Nintendo Switch Online. Um, uh, n- not, not quite. Um, Nintendo's releasing a Mission and Rewards update for Switch Online uh, that allows players to earn platinum points ba- playing games and more similar to Xbox Game Pass. See, that's what it's more similar to, yeah. where, like, if you go to Game Pass... It, like just by playing a game, you get points or in, uh, stuff like that. The incentive is only available to users with Switch Online memberships. It provides tasks such as play software that supports online play, backup save data, play NES, more and more. Users will earn platinum points, the same currency used for years on the My Nintendo Store. It allows players to buy certain physical items such as Nintendo themed keychains and posters. A uh, range of new Switch Online exclusive icons have backers have been released in the update. They're only available through the Platinum Point system, and these will be updated weekly. There will be timed events with special icons available. These digital items are very easy to come by. Playing one online game a week will let you 30 Platinum Points, and the new icons show up only cost 10 points each. Saving up for the physical rewards took a little longer, though. They're still within reach. A Pokemon Legends RCS cable holder costs 400 points, for example, by playing an online game, backing up save data, playing NES hard software, and playing a game trial software. Users can earn up to 200 points per week. The missions and rewards can be accessed through Nintendo Switch Online. Now, this is something that was just sort of stealth drop, because somebody, I think it's called, I think his name's Game Cage on Twitter is where I saw it, and like kind of just promoted it, and, I'm like, and I went to my Switch, I'm like, huh, that's it, cool, I guess. It just feels out of nowhere. It feels like this would have, this should have been in their direct they just had. Um, yeah, right. They never really promote their point system, though. Yeah, no, it's odd when it's great. <laughs> that's probably yeah. why. Because, I mean, I don't imagine they make money off of it, you know? Like, it's no. an incentive for people that pay attention. Like, that's about right. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which is odd because, like, occasionally, I know for when Luigi's Mansion was getting, like, digitally re-released for the first time, you got double the points. So instead of getting 600 points, you got 900 points uh, if that's you pre-ordered uh, whatever, whatever double was. 1200 um, uh, whatever it was like that's an incentive to buy the game digitally versus physically I still bought physically because fuck you uh, I, I think these are cool they're like they like take a minute at best like they don't consume yeah. most of your time like and I was like the one thing I was wondering was about like the first one I did because I haven't bothered with it since was um, the Mario Brothers one. Oh god <laughs> I do while well, he's sneezing I do wish that you could like you know, it, it would actually, like, auto-prompt whenever you complete something. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Xbox does. It says, like, you know, you completed a daily challenge. Go turn it in. But, like, because it's on its kind of its own separate thing, it doesn't do that. You have to actually go into Switch Online and see which ones you've completed. Okay. Um, so, what was it? Oh, yeah, like, um, how, like, how I didn't... I was, I was, I kept wondering what, the, what the, the limit would be the place for Mario Brothers to get the points. And I just beat, like, a level and then I backed out. And then that was it. So, yeah, I think this is cool, especially for people who want those cool physical rewards. Like, it's, it's something to, like, well, I don't want to play a game, but I'll do this real quick. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, this one's a little bit more fucked up, so this came to my attention. Um, this kind of took the small corner of the internet by storm. Um... Streamer tells custom C, uh, PC builders to stuff their free PCs after CEOs can kind of send in comments. Um, so, are any of you guys familiar with Artisan Builds? Nope. 
I know it's okay. pronounced artesian, but no, Arte- I don't know what that I'm is. I'm gonna pronounce it artisan because this guy, the guy's a dickhole. So out of respect for that, it's artisan built. Um, uh, and I've always heard it pronounced artisan pizza and stuff like that. So maybe I that's am. That's a different wrong. thing. What's the, it's the, it's the same spelling. Whatever. No, it's not artisan. Artisan built. Artisan built. Uh, they had a, uh, I'll read the article, is a, Arson Builds is a PC, uh, building live stream, which specializes in high-end modified, ca- uh, uh, gaming PC builds. After recently announcing small-time affiliate winner streamer, uh, streamer Kia Pia, that's a great name, as the winner of a PC gaming giveaway, Artisan, uh, CEO Noah Katz, aka the douchebag wearing the Star-Lord jacket, Seem to suddenly make a U-turn on the giveaways criteria and flat out refuse to reward Kia Pierre their rightful winnings. Intel, who sponsored the giveaway and had its logo plastered all over the stream, has since stepped in. In an official apology, it was made by Artists and Builds channel. Um, so here's how it played out. Kia Pierre called the comments in response to Twitter. Um, and like you can actually see the article. Uh, Justin, if you want to play the first one, of what this guy says, because I, I think people need to, you need to hear this man's voice, like what he's saying, the condescending. Just let me know when the clip is done. Just, just listen. So, already, you know, kind of, kind of cringe. And if you click the second one, um, which is the most damning, you can see he's pumping his fist as like he won a victory. So even though this person Kia Pia had qualified, was an ambassador, had the had the thing, the artisan builds in in her Twitch thing, uh, she was denied this because out of this brand new criteria that this guy just made up. I understand he's the CEO, but you don't fucking do that for a giveaway. Not only denies her, belittles her in front of his entire uh, in his his smallest Twitch audience for not selling, having anybody click through the article. Um, and of course him doing apology, all this stuff, uh, like Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I'm like you and I, all three of us are small streamers. We know how the struggle it's, it's hard. And especially, you know, like people giving you money. That's and you know, I'm, I'm fucking weird about that shit. You know, that's, that's hard to ask somebody to do to fork over their, their money. It's not hard, but to actively mock somebody over on your own, like, channel which is bigger than hers i think it's extremely disrespectful and like 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 my other issue is that the dude who's building the pc his buddy that nobody's talking about to me is like is is just as bad because he could have said like you know maybe maybe you know don't say this shit over it or something but it's just like completely just going on with it like this is just what we do we roast our affiliates you know um and yeah it, I, it just shows like what kind of a douchebag and sometimes when you give somebody too much money what happens to them we the the issue is uh, I mean for one they didn't 
say anything about those requirements beforehand, meaning that they were not valid to the contest until it became something that they could, you know, write that in there, write that in there. And then the, the person that won could possibly benefit from having a new computer, you know, as far as like helping them grow. Right. (laughs) So, it, it shouldn't matter how big they are already. Like, let them use that technology, that, you know, that boost to their um, their production value. Yeah. And to help can... them get more. Yeah, exactly. I, I and don't use, understand like, that mentality. I got my PC courtesy of Artisan Builds, and, like, here's how you can buy one if you want. And, like, as a, as a company, and, like, I, I went to see how much these PCs were. They're dumb expensive. So, like, yeah. like... Are you really expecting how many, like what I I was curious what the fuck is your fucking quota for these ambassadors to sell a P, that high end of a PC like that's dumb like that's that's ridiculous nobody's dropping very few people especially in smaller streams don't disrespect the small streamers but that's usually not going to happen it rarely happens the, the the support is there but that's a lot to ask of somebody to drop almost a grand on a artisan PC right and when you're suddenly locking off your giveaway only to people that have helped sell your products, that's not a giveaway anymore. <laughs> no. No, it's not. It's disingenuous, and it just this guy just comes off as arrogant as fuck and just like, well, fuck y'all. If that was the case, then just say, here's our limit. Here's here's the criteria. I would have, like, if that's, like, your limit, have 5K, whatever, on each, fine, whatever, do that. That's, that's, that's a whole other issue, but at least it's upfront about it. Yeah. Don't don't lie to somebody who met the criteria, who won that computer, and then then it's just a belittle of the monster stream. You know. Of course, he has a star Star Lord jacket. Yeah, Douche. like like like, and like just his man. Like it's just like how he is acting. Like I, I I've like we've all met guys like this. Guys who are full mm-hmm. of themselves. And like I, I've watched his apology video, and it's one of those videos where like. I know you don't believe a second of what you're saying, buddy. You're just being forced to say this because somebody at Intel got a hold of you and said, you misrepresented our brand, fuckhead. You need to go apologize. Um, and I think the uh, the streamer, she has rejected the PC that they were going to give her anyways. And now I think another somebody else built her another PC. So in the end, she won. So um, Good. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, like you're, you're a niche, like, Arson builds. You guys are fucking niche as hell, anyways. Like there's, there's, and she probably also grew a lot from. from oh hell yeah! Ironically, gu- like guarantee it. Good for her. Yeah. <sighs> Change your affiliate program if if that's the case. If you don't want people, those kind of people. Um. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, there's a Kirby demo on Switch. Um. I don't. I didn't. I started to play it and I turned it off because I didn't. I wanted the full experience when it comes out. Is that once that's I got this? Once I got the sword, I was like, "That's it. I don't want to experience it anymore. I'm in. I'm in." Um, but I did try it, and it's definitely weird and, and like it's it's like it's a Kirby game, but in 3D. But that's all I needed, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I will. I want that full experience. Uh, come the end of this month, I can, I can wait. I waited this long. I can wait a little longer. I just had to know. Like, I mean. Kirby's been in my life for like 25 years. 
or at least. Um, and I just had to know, like, it, it's the first thing. It's the first one like this. Um, yeah. But I said in my video, like towards the beginning that I think my favorite thing was, you know, you get through the intro and everything. Like the cinematic intro, I mean, and the the first gameplay, it just it kind of pans in, and it's it's the I think they showed the shot in all the trailers and stuff. You're on a beach, like washed up on a beach, looking forward into a forest, and then you just you gain, uh, you gain the ability to move. Yeah, and it's like just that subtle thing of of pointing you forward instead of side to side. Is like weird, the huh? the game just telling you like go that way. Yeah, you hey, can. Buddy. Hey, bud. And yeah. it's just so cool. It's just it's a little thing, but it's so cool. Yeah, and they, and they've kept all the charm. At least what I little I played uh, that you would expect out of a Kirby. Now the question is, will the Elder Tor be there? That's my curiosity at the end of the game. What Elder God are we going to kill this time? Um, it's definitely going to be that little green cute thing. Probably <laughs> it's going to mutate. I don't trust it. Okay, are you guys ready for some Star Wars and no. some delays? Apparently well, Haunted I mean, Dream give, give me like uh, maybe five years, and I think I'll be ready. Five years? Well, you're gonna be waiting five years for Star Wars Eclipse. So, 2021, we're all watching Probably the Game Awards, like and we're seeing Quantum Dream game. Yes, <laughs> uh, we're seeing Star Wars. Like, oh my god, what game is this? Star Wars Eclipse, powered by Quantic Dreams. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's <laughs> look, Lisa. It's at this one where you can see he died. Um, I think that's how the quote <laughs> goes. Um, so after a years of EA exclusivity, the world of Star Wars games, uh, gaming is finally open up for other developers to explore. Uh, Ubisoft is currently hard at working on an open world title in the galaxy far, far away. I forgot about that, um, but I feel like Ubisoft is always making a open world title game. Uh, meanwhile, the trip become human developer Quantic Dream has recently revealed a high Republic set experience titled Star Wars Eclipse. The pre-Skywalker High Republic era has seen a significant push from Lucasfilm over recent years, with an interconnected publishing effort across the comics, novels, as well as the Acolyte Disney Plus series. Acolyte? What the fuck is that? I'll have to look at that later. Uh, and rumored movie on the way. Um, uh, of course, uh, despite having a reveal its first trailer, Eclipse, a still reported years away from release, but a recent report has indicated it may be even further than once thought. According to exclusive report from X-Fire's Tom Henderson, Quantic Dream's High Republic set Star Wars Eclipse is expected to release in 2027 or 2028. Guys, we may not even have an Earth by that point. Due to difficulties <laughs> hiring staff for the next-gen project. I wonder why. I wonder why indeed. Hmm. Mm. Back in December 2021, Quantic Dream had over 60 job openings available at the French studio, which remains the case today with 67 vacancies currently listed on site. The news comes after years of accusations of sexual harassment and toxic workplace culture pointed towards the French studio. Following the reported release delay of Blackout Star Wars Eclipse began trending on Twitter in response to the controversy surrounding the studio. Uh, given that Eclipse does set, appear to release in at least another five years, it's unclear why Quantic Dream opted to drop the cinematic trailer so early. Perhaps the decision was made to less to drum up fan excitement, but more to intrigue developers into joining the team with the promise of working on a Star Wars game. <laughs> Regardless oh, yeah. of this unfortunate development uh, for Eclipse, her future remains bright for Star Wars gamers. Oof. I, I saw this. I was like, why did they give the game to Quantic Dream? Like Money. Money. They probably paid the now. Li- I mean, they probably paid the license. Dog. That's probably all that happened. Um, you think Disney gives a fuck about what's going on in a workplace 
toxicity. This Disney's we're talking about. Um, like, but the fact that they would take the job, take it, knowing that they don't have the fucking staff to make the game right away, and they're gonna lose money having to pay. I'm assuming they have a license to pay. Like, I'm assuming how that shit works. Yeah. Um, like, Jesus Christ, guys. I understand waiting for a video game, but to announce a game in 2021 for it to not come out potentially, and this is the, that's the fun word, right? Potentially mm-hmm. 2027. We could not... Okay, fu- okay. 2030... 20, oh, God, I'll be... F- don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. I don't want to... It's too far in the future. It's too far in the future. Uh, dumb... Whoever... Uh, Business decision, game like like that's a dumbass game business decision right there. Jesus yeah. Christ, I'm sure people will want to work on a Star Wars game despite the fact that we have sexual harassment claims and a toxic workplace. I'm sure they'll come flowing in. That sounds like a swell idea, yeah. In a galaxy far, far away, uh, support you could you could hear Quantic Stream still having issues. <laughs> Support, uh, isn't, um, oh, God, who is the Titanfall developer? What is, Respawn? The Support yeah, Respawn. Fallen Jedi Order 2 when that comes out. There you go. Right. Um, and then, shit, I mean, you, hey, Ubisoft has its problems too, and they're fucking, they're fucking making games, so who knows? Um, it's, it's, it's a weird conundrum. Uh, dog shit, but, you know, I guarantee you Lucasfilm is probably not happy because they, I mean, like, if you go to any bookstore, like, there's High Republic shit everywhere and they probably wanted this game to be part of like that interconnectivity so i still bought that fucking book a year ago so i'm ready yet <laughs> so i'm ready yet uh because i'm lazy um uh let's see moving on and this is our last piece of, bit of news today before we move on to our topic of the day with another delay um and this is i'm actually kind of hurt by this playstation console exclusive for spoken has been delayed until october uh, the uh, this was for those you don't remember. Uh, Forspoken was the isekai game where you play as a young woman trapped in this medi you know fantasy world that took the world by that's taking some people by storm. That was supposed to come out in May. I think it was supposed to be May of this year. Um, something like that. Uh, April. April. Okay, maybe I'll say it here. In a tweet from Forspoken Twitter, developer Luminous Production said, "We made the decision to move the release date of Forspoken to October 11, twenty two. Our vision of this exciting new IP deliver a game world and hero that gamers across the world will glove that will cross the glove. Oh, somebody. Um, is that in it? Nope. That was a typo by Video Games Chronicles. It's glove, globe, not glove. I love spotting these now. We want to experience mm-hmm. years to come, so getting it extremely right is important to us. The same thing came to us. To that end, during the next few months, we will focus on our efforts on polishing the game and great way for you to experience Grey's Journey this fall. Uh, announced June 2020 for Spoken is the debut of the Japanese game company's new Luminous wow. production. Ray is also a typo, by the way. It's yeah. her, her name is Frey. Oh, <laughs> God. guys, who, who's your? Okay, they probably don't have an editor to be real. Um, yeah. It's probably one person. The Final they Fantasy probably publisher... got one of the Mega Man localizers. No, uh-huh. the, Final, the Final Fantasy publisher has previously said it's aiming to deliver the highest quality visuals ever seen in an open world game with the PS5 exclusive. Uh, the game will probably be a PlayStation exclusive for two years. Build as a narrative and adventure set in a beautiful Yakura world game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't say when it was originally released. I think you're right. It was probably April. Um, yeah. Wasn't um, Pretty sure. That sucks. I'm... 
as excited as I was for it, like just from a from a gameplay play standpoint and stuff, it did look a little rough around the edges in some places. Yeah, um, like in the past previews and stuff. So I mean, I'm not surprised, but. October is going to be another one of those rough months. I mean, Mar- right it's now. already been brutal already, brother. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like March and October are going to be the big ones. I feel like, yeah, um, it's crazy. It's crazy, dog. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to it too. I was gonna maybe not now because it's fucking seventy dollars um, uh, on uh, on Epic Game Store because it's going to be Epic Game Store exclusive on PC for like at least the first year. Um, oh, it is going to PC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's console exclusive, not PC. Well, PC launcher exclusive. Um, at least I'm ninety nine percent sure it's it's Epic Games. I, at least that's what I remember. Um, and uh, uh, you got a sub, buddy. Um, yeah, I know. I can't put anything in the chat. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just letting you know. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I hate that it's getting delayed, but hey, hopefully the game. Turns out well, and that's all we can say. Um, you know, not much, not much to say. Uh, all right, and that is our last bit of news today. Uh, but now it's time for our main topic of the evening, which is celebrating the Nintendo Switch's fifth anniversary. Um, which I cannot believe it has been five years since. I, well, I don't have my original Switch anymore. I, I would <laughs> uh, showing the OLED would be disingenuous. Um, so it's been five years since the little switch that could. I de- I'm gonna ask y'all this real quick. Do y'all remember all the doom and gloom articles that were coming out before the switch's launch and like, oh Nintendo's doomed with the switch. Oh, is that the? Oh, there you go. There's the OG. <laughs> it's the OG. only thing that's within reach. Uh, hold on. I have my, of course, my favorite, the Pyra Mithra controller from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which I bought a year mm. ago. This is my favorite piece of of tech for the switch. Um, but do y'all remember those articles? How, like, Nintendo, especially coming off the Wii yeah. U. Oh, boy, were they wrong! <laughs> oh, my God! Can Nintendo God. handle another console failure? Yeah. Yeah. And, Jesus Christ. And it's now, I think it's it just passed the um, the Wii, I think, in lifetime sales. Uh, uh, I should probably have pulled this up, but um, it is... It, it's the Switch is ridiculous, has been what I'm saying. It's been a dumb, ridiculous success for Nintendo with both first-party titles, third-party support, indie support. You know, they used to be a meme. Switch does no games. Switch has too many games. It has too many. Go to their eShop. <laughs> go, go look. There's too many. Um, they got and everything. So I'm going to ask you guys, um, when, how did you first get your Nintendo Switch? Did you get it at launch, or did you... Did you wait, Justin? So I was actually just thinking about this because um, we had the True False Film Festival for the weekend, which I've talked about before on the show. Right. And five years ago, uh, the Switch came out like on the eve of the True False Film Festival. Um, And so my brother and I went to the midnight release, uh, picked up our Switches and um, Zelda and I think some Amiibo or something. Uh, at the midnight release at Best Buy, it was like wrapped around the building. It was a it was a whole thing, um, and then we basically stayed up a few hours playing Zelda. Um, woke up and kind of like planned our true false weekend around the Switch, because um, I mean it's it's portable, but also like you're seeing movies. So um, until this year, it was the year we saw the fewest amount of movies because like we wanted you know optimal Switch time. So it's like okay, what do we care about the most here? And what could we do without? 
Um, and so we spent a few hours downtown, like watching some things, but I took my switch with me to every single one for like the downtime before movies. Um, but most of the time was just like hanging out at my apartment. Uh, I was on the TV, he was on handheld and we were like going in opposite directions in Zelda, uh, to see like where we'd end up and just kind of talking to each other about like how different that experience was, you know, depending on which direction you go. And it was wild. Like, just the idea of this thing that, you know, you take out of the dock, it's exactly the same, just smaller. Right. You put it in the dock, it goes right. up to your TV, like, without any hassle at all. Um, the, I mean, the controllers were a revelation that I don't think we totally understood yet, because games didn't really use any of the features no. on them. No, no. Um, but I think that, that really got to me with um, Super Mario Party. Which, you know, is, is a hit-or-miss game, but uh, it really figured out how to use the, the quirky mechanics of the controller in cool ways. Like, there was a little bit of stuff with the infrared sensor, um, not anything crazy. A lot of it was the HD rumble, um, where, like, you, like, shake boxes and have to um, guess which ones have the most stuff in them. Um and there was something else I don't remember. Um, but yeah, then of course you know we got like the uh, the Nintendo Labo that was just like, why? Like, what is this thing and why is it so cool? <laughs> um, and you know, five years later, like I feel like they've kind of gotten to the point with the Switch where they're playing it a lot more safe. Um, because they're you know they've they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit in the same way they did with the 3DS. Where it's like you put out the 2DS that doesn't have the 3D feature, so games just kind of stopped being in 3D. And if they were, it was like not that important because they wanted to put the processing power towards the actual games rather than the 3D effect. With the Switch, it's more like they have the you know the Switch Lite, which can't be docked, and the controllers can't come off. So games like Mario Party, for example, like, you know newer Mario Party have to be all controller based. You can't really have the, you know, the motion controlled games and like the, um, the split Joy-Con games and that kind of thing. Um, so a lot of those gimmicks have kind of been dropped because of supporting the Switch Lite also. Um, and I think part of it playing it safe is they realized that those gimmicks weren't really used that much and people didn't care about them. But like, I still remember that reveal for the Switch when they were like showing off all the weird things it can do and we didn't really know any of the games or anything yet it was like it was showing off like one two switch kind of the you know the like draw and that kind of thing um and just going over like the the potential of those features and i'm a little sad that we've never really gotten those fully realized outside of like i think nintendo labo was actually like a revelation um it's such a unique thing that some like creative developers and stuff really worked with for a while. Um, but it hasn't really been talked about anymore. They've moved on to some other things like the, the ring fit ring weirdly gets used in a lot of strange ways, like, um, turning it into a, a steering wheel for, uh, for Mario Kart and that kind of thing. Um, but just all of the tech and the joy con, like the things that people were able to do with it by like syncing it to a PC, and just figuring out the, you know, the 
weird intricacies of it is so cool. Um, and people complain about the Switch being underpowered and, you know, whatever. But it doesn't matter because it's unique. Like, mm-hmm. it's a special experience that you don't get anywhere else. Exactly. And the things it's done best is focusing on that. Like, I mean, Ben, you've talked about, you know, you can play Outer Worlds on it, which is on the background right now. That's funny. Um, you can play Outer Worlds. You can play Witcher 3. Like, it's got, you know, some of those games, but they're not the best versions of them. It's just, it's there as an option if you want to. Yeah. Um, but people go to it for those unique experiences you can't get elsewhere. And that's why it's kind of a bummer that the Switch Lite has neutered that a little bit. But it's generally an element of, like, they have to have multiple control schemes, which I prefer. You know, look at Skyward Sword HD. That game didn't really hit me the same way as it did on Wii. But, you know, the fact that they have motion controls and button controls means that it works any way you want to play. Um, so in some ways, like, I think if the if Skyward Sword HD had come out, like, when the Switch launched... It would have just been motion controls. It would have had all these gimmicks added in. Now, a few years in, it's like, okay, we can we can do the gimmicks, but we have to also have traditional gameplay for those people that can only play on the go. Um, and it's just it's it's been really interesting to see that that development over the last five years, um, and kind of the you know the elements of the switch that they focused on, and just the amount of power they've been able to get out of it. Like, you look at some of the third-party games and how rough they are compared to, you know, the other console versions. And then you look at the Switch exclusives and how much better they look. Like, there's still the bad examples, like, uh, Pokemon. Um, but I think, like, Kirby and, you know, Metroid Dread and Mario Odyssey, like, are some of the most stunning games I've played because they understand the hardware and, you know put in a, a unique art style that suits that hardware rather than just trying to force someone else's game to run on the lower tech. Um, I also just realized how much Ty looks like Shaggy right now with the green t-shirt and all. God, you're not <laughs> the first person to say that. Totally unrelated, but it just it distracted me for a second. Um, so yeah, like... Switch is is still ironically pretty niche, like even though it's you know the best selling thing out there right now, um, like what it does well is fairly niche because you're not going to find the big AAA titles that are on every other console and PC. Um, but what it does well is why it sells so well because people that have other consoles also have a Switch. People that don't care about console gaming have still a have a Switch. Like yep. it's it's that that you know appeal to everyone mentality that keeps it going and i mean the switch very much appeals to everyone there is something that you know your your five-year-old child will like and your grandma will like and they lost that a little bit with the wii u i think um trying to cater more to the hardcore gamer um and they found it in spades on the switch and it's great like I I love it. Tyler, what, what when did you get your switch? I I know this answer, <laughs> but yeah, um, um, and you yeah, go ahead. This is a really funny story because this actually kind of goes into the origin of how I met our gracious host Ben. 
Um, when I was working at the Wally World that he currently works at, um, that was when that uh, hi- super hype trailer for uh, the Switch dropped, uh, the one that premiered Super Mario Odyssey, uh, the in-depth look of uh, Breath of the Wild, and uh, ultimately revealing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And um, we actually had a bit of a chat about it. Uh, we were talking about how fucking cool Xenoblade is, and I remember that was one of the first conversations we ever had. And um, I picked up uh, my Switch day one at that very store because they let us uh, pre-order it there. And I got Breath of the Wild as well because that was the only game available that I was incredibly interested in at launch. And I beat that game within three weeks. It was super hype. And I was able to do that during downtime, during breaks, because normally with uh, Zelda games or any console game, really... I usually put it down at a certain point uh, because I'm either too busy with uh, work or other duties. But with this one, I just blasted through it uh, in three weeks, and it was spectacular. And um, slowly but steadily, uh, over the last five years, I've built up my library. Um, One of the fondest memories I had was a few months after the Switch came out, Ben and I uh, played... Ultra Street Fighter 2 online matches during downtime at work, and that was fun. those were fun as shit. <laughs> yeah, I love that game. That game was crazy. Yeah. And um, I, there are also some other standout examples of uh, me actually doing shit on the Switch. I actually beat Final Fantasy X for the first time on Switch, which is something I never would do in my adult life because I'm so busy these days. Man, I really need to change up my schedule. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is still one of my favorite games ever. It's the most ambitious game in the series. Uh, with all this crazy-ass third-party support that's going into it, there's so much shit on the Switch that I absolutely adore, uh, old and new. But, and as Justin said, there's something for everybody. And uh, I've even broadened my horizons with some of the stuff I found on the eShop on a whim. Like... I never would have considered playing uh, Consider It, but it's one of my favorite indie games that I played last year. And, uh, yeah, this the Switch is a scrappy piece of hardware. It It isn't the strongest thing out there, but I've put a hell of a lot of time into it, and so much so that I actually broke through the first one and got myself a second one, so... <laughs> So, good, good. the good old Switch has been serving me well for the last five years, and uh, if Nintendo does anything bigger and new, then I can't wait to see what it is. So, I love to tell this story of how I got a Switch, because um, uh, I remember that day they had that big presentation in Japan where they announced No More Heroes, uh, that new Travis um, No More Heroes game, that weird spinoff Travis game. Strikes, strikes Back. There you go, Strikes Back and stuff like that. Um... And I remember it be. I remember being super sick. It's like I feel like I'm always super sick at the beginning of the year for some reason. Um, and uh, I remember watching the presentation and falling asleep and waking up the next day, or thinking it's the next day, but the presentation was about to end. And they said, as soon as the presentation over, pre-orders are go live. And at the time, I would have my laptop right in front of me, uh, like like I would like like that was my thing. And I was like, I crawl. I feel like I crawled slowly to Amazon. To go to pre-order, and I was able to nab the original gray and bla- uh, gray switch. I was like, I didn't care what color it was, just give me the damn console, and I got it, and I got Breath of the Wild. Unfortunately, what I remember is I got my console, I got the switch, not this one. Um, this is the much more refined version. Um, 
and I remember um, Breath of the Wild 2, Breath of the Wild was delayed by like a day. I was like, no! Uh, so I bought I Am Setsuna digitally. Um, I was like, fuck, I want to play this. I want to play this now. I want to use my new toy now. So I dropped 40 extra dollars on I Am Setsuna. And I do not regret that because I ended up liking I Am Setsuna a lot. That was a, uh, I think that was one of the first games I talked about when I was ever on this show. Um, and I haven't yeah. replayed that game since then, but I remember liking it a lot. And as you know, um, this game has become one of my personal favorite consoles of all time. I'm just looking through my Switch now, um, just seeing all the games that I've I've purchased, uh, have pl- have played through it. Um, oh God! Um, like I bought Sonic Mania for this thing. Um, uh, of course, I like we're not talking enough about Super Mario Odyssey. Like as much as I enjoyed. Breath of the Wild Odyssey was just like some kind of crack that I yeah. I fucking love that game. That game was super super fun. Um, I and also I really appreciate how much of an RPG machine this console is. Like, there's so many. Oops, that's very bright. There's so many. <laughs> let me turn that down. There's so many. Uh, uh, there's so many. Uh, there we go. You can kind of see uh, RPGs, JRPGs on this game, and it, um, it's ridiculous. Like you can't play them all, but I like that I can, and they're all portable. Like um, all the modern Final Fantasies on there, except even 15 in that weird pocket edition. Yes, it's still a thing. I'm here to remind yeah. you about that. Um, all the Mega Man X games are on there. It's sick. All the all the classic Mega Man games are on here. Um, you know, this is how. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to look through. My, my my list of games that I have here. This is like where I discovered the Blaster Master series. Um, you know, uh, God, um, there's 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 so there, there's 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 so much um, I love about it. And I think like ultimately what what sold like not sold me but like proved my love of the console that even though it's not the most powerhouse thing was when Monster Hunter Rise came out last year. And um, like how um, again I've talked about how amazing that game looks. And uh, despite its, you know, texture shortcomings, but, like, everything else around it was immaculate as all hell. Um, uh, but, uh, but going back a little bit to Breath of the Wild, as much as I love Odyssey, there's that sense of, like, holy shit, this this is huge um, feeling of Breath of the Wild. I don't know if it'll ever be replicated in another Zelda game. In other games it has... But in, in like just seeing that for the first time and how vast everything is, the fact that you can just go everywhere, and of course for me, uh, ending twenty the year of twenty seventeen with Xenoblade Chronicles two, uh, which became one of my has now become one of my favorite JRPGs of all time. Like what a way to fucking end the year! Um, uh, what what a fantastic year! Um, so yeah, it, it's it's crazy how like this. A lot of people predicted this little piece of hardware. Not this exact one again, but like the 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 processor uh, was going to be the failure. Can Nintendo handle this? And like, to pr- <laughs> I I love that all those smug ass bitches are just shut the fuck have shut the fuck up. And if they are talking bad about the Switch, talking about how the fact that it's doesn't have doesn't have this or that. I'm like, yeah, the Switch has more than enough to support it. Doesn't have Arkham is. Knight. Um, hey, dude, dude <laughs> you would if they ported Arkham Knight to this. It can run at 20 FPS, and I'd buy it. Okay, I'm here to tell you, Arkham Knight is great. Okay. He started it, not me. Um, yeah, I'll take the fall for that one. So, uh, let's go ahead and move on into uh, some of our favorite Switch games. It may not be enough to be a set number, but let's just lift off a couple that have come out. And I want to talk. I want exclusive, exclusive. You cannot play them anywhere else. That is the one caveat. So, it can't, like, I can't say 
Shantae and the Seven Sirens, because that's everywhere. So, for example. So, something that is exclusive Nintendo Switch. Or Sonic Mania. Or, or Sonic Mania. I can't say that either. Or, like, I can't, I can't say Seas of Rage. Um, Justin, what's a couple of exclusive first party, uh, not necessarily first party, but exclusive Nintendo Switch games that you are you fancy? Um, I wish I knew this was the next thing, because I would have grabbed my Switch for a reminder of my library. But, um... I, did I mean, obviously, it. can I just say, like, Metroid Dread multiple times? Like, that. I mean, that's like, all I need. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you got <laughs> um, your Metroid console game for the first time in, tw- in like, 25-plus years. Right. Like, sure, I mean, you've gotten three, technically, Xenoblade games in, in that time, but it's fine. Two, I'm, I'm, it's remake fine. of one, and I will get one by the end of this year, yes. So I'm truly blessed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I also, like... As great as Breath of the Wild is, it's one, like, it was an experience that I'll never forget, but I don't really have a lot of desire to go back to it, as weird as that might sound. Uh, But Link's Awakening HD, I thought, was excellent. Like, that is the definitive version of that game, and it's so adorable. And it just, it shows how the, the, um, the Switch can play to its strengths. With, like, that, you know, kind of minimalist, but still gorgeous art style. Um, Obviously, you know, we already talked about Mario Odyssey. That game was amazing. Um, It's not quite up there with Mario Galaxy for me, but, like, it's... I mean, it's wild. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, Because I want to throw some indies in there, but I can't think of them offhand. Um, So maybe go to Tyler, and I'll go... I'm going to grab my Switch real quick. Tyler. So Breath of the Wild was the first Switch game that I played, and it was an enthralling experience just experiencing that all on my own, uh, like from launch day one. And I think uh, we had a few conversations uh, uh, during the first few weeks uh, uh, when it was still new. Um, But just like Justin, it's kind of a game that I'll never forget, but not really have that much of a desire to go back to unless I want to try the DLC stuff, which I haven't really tackled yet. Um, I wanted to like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 more. Um, I just couldn't get past the that one cave where you couldn't use your blades. But the rest of the game is fantastic. I absolutely love the rest of it. It's just that one part I couldn't get, couldn't get past. I would say the first, the remake for Xenoblade Chronicles 1, the re-release... But I don't think that technically counts, since we got it on 3DS and Wii as well. Um, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is mm. one is the game that I put the most time in uh, on my Nintendo Switch, bar none. Like, it is stupid how often I played that game during my downtime. And it's a fantastic party fighting game, and I will pop it in any chance I can get. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is... One of those games I didn't really expect to like as much as I did, but I ended up dumping 145 hours into four separate playthroughs, so (laughs) that's pretty much speaking volumes. And uh, recently, uh, it's been Metroid Dread, uh, which isn't a surprise. It's Mm -hmm. most of our games of the year of last year. And um, yeah, I would say those are probably my top picks, honestly. Okay, I've got a few more to add now. Okay. Um, oh, uh, one more caveat I should say. Um, if a game that was exclusive to Nintendo Switch for a period of time but then later get ported, that's fine because it was developed with Switch first. 
So like you just you just said that so you can pick Octopath Traveler. I mean, like it was it was like <laughs> it was console exclusive. So yeah, I mean, like there's bound to be some games that you like that got released. Am I am I wrong? Just giving you extra room to play with, clown. I mean, actually, nothing that I I have is elsewhere. But you well, know, I'm the boss, so I, I fucking make the rules. There you go. <laughs> Fine, I pay the Throwing bills. Your... He signs our non-existent um, paychecks. There you right. Go. All right. So anyway. Uh, I gotta shout out Cadence of Hyrule. Um, that's one that I keep meaning to go back to with the because I haven't done the Skull Kid DLC yet. Um, but it made me realize how cool Crypt of the Necrodancer can be. And then I played Crypt of the Necrodancer, and I just I was kind of like, no, I think I just want to play more Cadence. Actually, <laughs> like that, that's it's still good, but like it's not as good as Cadence of Hyrule. Um, and I really hope they make more of that. Uh, of course, Super Mario Maker 2 like took the world by storm. Um, I don't know that I even really need to say anything else about it. It's everything that Super, Maker, Super Mario Maker was, but better. And, well, the controls aren't necessarily better because you don't have two screens to work with. But um, it didn't really do anything like special for the Switch. It's just, it's a better version of that game. Yeah. Um, and then, quick shout out to uh, Ring Fit Adventure. I mentioned it earlier, oh, but that yeah. is such a cool concept. Like you basically use the you know accelerometers of the of the Joy-Con to exercise by strapping one to your leg, having one in baby. your hands, and then just doing exercises. Like it tracks your run, it tracks pressure with the ring. Like it's just such a cool idea, and it wouldn't be possible. Uh, without the specific tech in the Switch. Um, and, like, there is a, a generation of people that could say, video games made me healthy. Because <laughs> there's, I mean, there's people that lost hella weight with that game. Like, I kept tracking it after it came out. Um, and then I got I to gotta shout out Luigi's Mansion 3, um, because I never, I didn't really care for one or two, but three is so good. And it's another game that like just looks beautiful. Like, how how is that a Switch game? <laughs> effort, um, baby. Just it's called know, effort. Smart use of the resources. Yeah, it's almost as if optimization takes work, right? Hmm. And um, I was actually going to say Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but that started as a Wii U game, so I, I don't yeah. I'll, count I'll, it. I'll, I'll I'll allow it if you want to. Considering, I mean, the, it's it's still a Nintendo exclusive game. Yeah, right? it was like Wii's life cycle. No one cared. Yeah, no, okay, nobody cared during. So the yeah, Switch Tokyo Mirage Sessions <laughs> is dope. Um, I did not think I was going to like it as much as I did, and I fully intend to get back to it whenever I'm not playing Metroid Dread because I don't like to switch out my physical games. Um, getting back to it. I am though. Like seriously, if we, if we beat Metroid Dread this week, I'll probably switch. this week. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, I I might go... Like I, That's probably the next thing I'll get back to. Because, I mean, I'm done with Pokemon. So, you know. Go back to Tokyo Mars Sessions. Anyway. Um, and then finally, new Pokemon Snap. That's another yeah. one we waited forever for. And was kind of shadow dropped um, in, in some ways. But it's so good. It's one that feels like it should have been on the Wii U. With, like, the, you know... Being able to use the gamepad as your camera, but it still works really well with the Switch, and the motion aiming actually is pretty nice. Um, 
even though it's not like revolutionary for you know what the switch can do but mm-hmm. yeah and and also what ty said like smash bros breath of the wild you know that stuff's all great uh, so for me, uh, I'm going to list a launch window game. And, te- and yes, this is exclusive. Capcom has yet to port it to other consoles, which blows my fucking mind they never did. So it counts. Ultra Street Fighter 2, um, which gave you the option to sure. play as like the HD, HD uh, Remix uh, Udon sprites or the classic arcade Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Sprites. And also the gameplay got rebalanced. They, they added two more new things. They added three new char- two new characters in Evil, Evil Ryu and, and Violent Ken for the first time. And they were just busted. If you wanted to play that game, that game was busted. <laughs> and it was cool because it was the first time in a long time I was able to play a version of Street Fighter 2. Because at least online with people. Because up to that point... H- nobody was playing HD Turbo Remix and no other stuff I could have had could play it. It was just a fun experiment, and I'm really surprised. It was the first game Ben and I ever played together. It was great. Yeah, and I'm, the only bad thing about it is the stoop is the weird uh, Joy-Con way of the hot way of the really And bad. I I did it. I should probably do a stream goal where I have to play way of the hot uh, for stream to show you how terrible it is. Um, I'll have to record that for the Street Fighter Two uh, video. Um, besides, and yes, I will record live footage. It will be stupid. Besides that, um, uh, Astral Chain's another big one for me. The you know the platinum. Mm. I think it was Platinum's first big yeah, platinum. exclusive game on Switch. Like it's still not any. Well, I'm glad it's not anywhere else. Um, and like it's kind of like oh okay, no Bayonetta news. We got Astral Plane, Astral Chain, and it turned out to be one of my favorite games of that year. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, y'all remember? How I was acting before Fire Emblem, I was scared. Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to be terrible because um, Awakening was my first Fire Emblem game. I fell in love with Fire Emblem afterwards, and then Fates and then came you out. Got burned by Fates, yeah, Fates was out, and it was just like, oh, man, I don't know anymore. Um, and so, and it turns, and I still need to do other runs for the other houses, but that first playthrough was more than enough to sell me on like Fire Emblem's back. Speaking of Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, playing as like all some cool. Fire Emblem classic characters in this Musho setup was also badass, which leads to uh, Age of Calamity, the uh, unofficial prequel mm. to Breath of the Wild, and one of my games of the year for 2021. How much I love the everlasting fuck out of that game! Um, yes, it ran at 20f below 15 frames per second. I don't give a fuck. I can I can do cool shit with Mifa and her brother Sidon. That's that's all I need sometimes. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, I'm trying to think of another game, um, uh, I won't cheat, I guess I'll say, I'll say Octopath Traveler, uh, cause it was a Nintendo Switch exclusive, and we had no idea until, like, a while afterwards it was coming, it was gonna move to other consoles, so as far as I know, the way they were presenting it was gonna be Nintendo Switch exclusive, and it launched the whole HD 2D into, fra- into not craze, but starting to build into something that we're seeing now, which is really, really cool. And I still, I really want to play Octopath Traveler at some point. Um, so I'm gonna, we're going to end this last, set, last thing on, what is a third-party game, one third-party game, that you played the most on Switch, that you, that, that despite some other console? And for me, and, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say for me, um, it, it, well, it's a tie, and I had to think about this one, um, but it has to be the messenger, because I had the messenger on PC at the time, 
but I bought it for Switch. And so I think if I have to give it to what game I, uh, in, what third party slash any game I enjoyed most on Switch, it's got to be. Sorry, Outer Worlds, you lose this time. The Messenger's just a little bit better. Uh, to me, it's the Messenger. Um, uh, Tyler, because I know I see Justin's still looking. Do you have a favorite third party game that uh, you can play it elsewhere, but you prefer to play it on Switch? Um, I would think probably Guilty Gear uh, X2, Axon Core Plus, Axon, uh, however you say that name. I That's all one title? Names. Yes. Yeah. It's a long, convoluted title. You thought Street Fighter I, was, com- was long with its names? No, this is Guilty Gear, son. <laughs> but yeah, if I ever want to play that version of the game, it's got to be on Switch. Because, yeah, it the portability is pretty much enough to sell me. Like, if I'm on break at work and I'm in the mood to uh, destroy some fools in Guilty Gear, it's got to be on there. I have it on PC as well, as well as my PlayStation 3. But... Those are rarely touched on there. I would most rather play Axon Core Plus on my Switch, just for the sheer convenience of it. Plus, that game fucking rules. Justin, do you still want time looking forward to? Uh, no, I actually like. I didn't realize. Um, I I didn't. It's it didn't seem like I had all my games listed there, and it's because I don't have them all downloaded. That was only downloaded games. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually going through the store to see if there was any like major things I missed shouting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just real quick, I want to say that uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle was like one of the best, like close to launch games, um, in that first year of yeah, the Switch. Was, yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. And then um, some of my favorite times with I wouldn't count this a, a third party because it did go else it didn't go elsewhere. But uh, one of my favorite times with the Switch in the last few years was playing uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three with you. Oh, those um, are great. The year and that's the, another one that like um, is just a Switch thing, and it's great multiplayer. Like, um, unfortunately, it was the game that caused me to quit streaming for like a year. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it, hey, that's but that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because I came back fucking stronger than ever. So it's true. Uh, um, but yeah, as far as third parties that I probably put the most time into on Switch, um, it's hard to narrow it down from the various Mega Man things. Um, because I just I've spent a lot of time on Mega Man on my Switch. Like, yeah, same. There's, you know, obviously Mega Man Eleven. Um, the the Mega Man X Collection is two games, but like I spent a good amount of time in both of them, so I don't know how to count that. Yeah. Um, because it's you know it's eight games together, but in two collections. I would just count it as one. The thing, Mega Man Zero and one ZX package. Collection. That I mean. I never got to the ZX games, and I never beat Zero Four. But like beating the first three Zero games was a commitment because those yeah, are hard. Zero Three was really gratifying. It's one of the best yeah. Mega Man games that I ever played. It's so good. I did not realize like I'd never gotten to it really because I hadn't even beaten the first one. Um, but yeah, three is so good and so satisfying after beating the first two. Absolutely. Um, but it's got to be just Mega Man. I'll just leave it at Mega Man. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and real quick because I, I there's a, there's like the uh, for me besides the ones I said it's there's the, there's the uh two H's Hades and Hollow Knight I had mm. Hollow Knight on PC and I tried playing on PC it wasn't until I played it on Switch and I got it for like five bucks because it was on sale for like nine or something stupid like that and then I had enough coins to knock down the five dollars 
best five dollars I would have spent. I would have happily spent nine dollars for it, but if I'm, I'm going to save money. I'm going to save money. Um, and of course, Hades. You guys have heard me talking enough about Hades and um, mm-hmm. how great that was. But the last one I have to mention is Dragon Quest Eleven. When it got it, it was it, it got mm-hmm. the, uh, the the switch, the special edition before any other console did, and that was my first exposure to Dragon Quest and opened the cla- it let me play that classic series for the first time and. I fucking reveled in that game. Y'all heard, y'all remember that emotional teary eye I gave when it, it gave a game of the year that I think it was 2019 when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. So I think yeah, it was of course, 2020. I, 2020 was it 2020? I thought it was 2019. Um, uh, I don't think it was 2020. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2019. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah. Because I, I think yeah. it came to other systems in 2020. in 2020. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, go try it if you haven't played Dragon Quest 11. Um, uh, yeah, like there, there's there's so much. Um, obviously, Panzer Dragoon remakes another one that's on other consoles now, but like it was a Switch exclusive for I think at least a couple of months. Um, the Switch is a powerhouse, whether you want to admit it or not. It may not be a physical powerhouse, but it's here to stay. And this, I think this, and also ha- any indie developer that puts their game on the Switch, it sells like gangbusters. Oh yeah, like that that goes to show like the viability of it, even if mm-hmm. it's not getting the AAA you know uh, console releases. Exactly. Um, the shop could be curated better if there's anything we're really yeah. critical about. But um, what's there? I think there's a lot of great experiences to have. There's a lot of experiences I still want to experience, and I have it. I have a whole wish list tracking things I want to buy. Um, but I think, especially going into this year with like the the, uh, the fifth year of the Switch, where we have Splatoon, Octopath kicking, uh, not Octopath. God damn it! Triangle Strategy <laughs> kicking everything off. Kirby coming out later this year. Uh, Advance Wars coming out. Then we have, you know, Splatoon, Fire Warriors 2, uh, potential Breath of the Wild. Guys, Breath of the Wild's getting pushed back to 2023. Metroid Prime Trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> you wish, you wish, buddy. Um, <sighs> from, not even Trilogy, it'll just be the first game, which I, I you won't win. I've, because, I've heard those rumors. You won't win because it has to be the Trilogy that gets ported. If that only first one gets it, it's not the same thing, which means the Trilogy aspect was a lie it did not exist so therefore it's not, it, it doesn't count so i'm just putting that out there right now um uh yeah and who knows maybe, maybe we'll get prime 4 at some point or we already got a metroid game we got a 2d metroid game which is great we're getting a 3d curvy game it's this thing this little thing is the little thing that could it's it's crazy how well it works how fun it is how insanely nintendo just hit out of the market um, are there forthcomings? Obviously, with the Joy Cons, you know the uh, the drift. Although I think they fixed that because I have I knock on wood these these Joy Samesies on the Joy Cons. Yeah, sexy <laughs> best Joy Cons. Seriously, best Joy Cons. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love um, them. Best Joy Cons. Although there's been a lot of good Joy Con pairings. Come on, just I really wish they would just like. I'm surprised they didn't come up with the Metroid ones at, at some point. Um, with, cool. with the red and the yellow, and you would have like the the Metroid here, and then Samus's helmet here. Um, I was thinking Morph Ball because it's a circle. Morph Ball that would work, yeah, that too. Um, so a lot of good stuff. Um, all right, guys, uh, anything else that we anything else about the Switch you want to say before we pack it up for the night? I am all good. I hope the next one is backwards compatible. Because I don't be. this library again. Better be shit. <laughs> and now, <laughs> everyone, we're going to bid farewell to the Shot Shot Gamescast. Justin, please tell everybody where you're at. Otherwise, the bomb's going to go off. <laughs> okay, Kafka. 
Um, you can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, you are possibly already on my Twitch, uh, where this this show is um, broadcast live every Monday night. But I also stream on Thursday nights, uh, about the same time. Uh, yeah, seven ish um, Central Time. And currently, uh, me and Ben are running through uh, Metroid Dread as kind of a a casual race. Um, and then after that, I've already been setting up uh, the the emulation side of uh, Metroid Prime um, to jump back into the Prime games with my friend Chris again. Um, just kind of, you know, him doing co-commentary while I play, um, helping me, like, remind me where I need to go next. Because sometimes, especially the first game, confuses me a little bit. Um, but I've got that all set up with, like, uh, PC control prompts and the UI and an HG texture pack and the prime hack mod that lets you play it with keyboard and mouse. And like, it's, it's looking good. I got a reshade, re reshade profile. Um, I was doing this all to test my computer stuff because it was always a little, um, a little framey before just with how heavy that, uh, GameCube emulation is. And it was like buttery smooth. So it's nice to have that improvement. Um, and then I mentioned I also put out a video on the Kirby demo. Um, it's it's nothing crazy, but I just kind of wanted to, you know, get back into, dip my feet back into content creation. Um, so I figured, why not record my first thoughts while playing through the game? Um, it's, I mean, it's like three levels to that demo. It's not much, but um, I really liked it. And then I will be putting out the uh, video of me and Lo playing 30XX in the next week or so. Um, he's he's doing a little doodle for it, so I want to I want to give him time to get that done. But yeah, I guess I'm saying I'm back until the bomb goes up. <laughs> Tyler, please. Oh, we're going to send the dehydrated soldiers to fight Batman and Robin. Wah, wah, wah. No, but seriously, you can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sThatTie. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. I also put up a highlight video of uh, the previous livestream I did with Lo as well, where we played a few duels of Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Um, I put up a first highlight video with the first two... I'm going to put up a second one once my internet connection finally comes in. It is edited and ready to go. And I'm currently working on the third and final part. And that one's a bit of a doozy as well. That's probably where some of the hilarity comes from. And um, speaking of streaming, uh, I will be streaming Sunday evenings at twitch.tv slash tireshoes1. Again, with Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Whether it be against a bunch of ranked randos or against friends so look out for that on the cinema shot side of things uh, we just finished recording for uh, Dragon Ball Z Fusion Reborn uh, so look out for that because that's actually one of the better movies in the Boo Saga honestly Ben and I can attest to that for sure mm-hmm. and you can watch this Joker stream live on Twitch Oh, the only thing you'll be twitching is when I hit you with my hammer. <laughs> but you can watch him time four times time a week at twitch.tv slash ickytwitch14. I'm told he starts at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, whatever the fuck that means. 
But if you want to be so inclined, you can go watch him there as he plays the games while I play the games inside his head. And also go to chargeshot.com for this very episode, as well as the wrestling show that him and his buddy Kane do. Like Kane and Abel. Oh boy, I'll make them strangle each other yet. And of course you can go listen to the Cinema Shot podcast that our good PR person Tyler just said. Oh, what a joy. This is Mr. J signing off. Watch out where you're going.